Is the modern world caught in the grip of a fear psychosis? And has a cult of safety entrenched itself in the West? Quite an experience to live in fear, isn't it? That's what it is to be a slave. Today we live longer than ever before. Our chance of dying from war, natural disaster, pandemics, or starvation are at levels our ancestors could only have dreamed of. But given all this security, we are more fearful than ever before. From all corners of society, there are warnings of potential dangers and imminent disaster. And as the sociologist Barry Glasner observed, we are living in the most fear-mongering time in human history. And the main reason for this is that there's a lot of power and money available to individuals and organizations who can perpetuate these fears. KFUK for Central Austin. KFUK Radio. You have reached dial a curse. Please stand by. All our lines are busy. As soon as one of our lines is free, you will be connected with today's curse. Thank you for waiting. He or she is a slimy-sided, frog-mouthed, silt-eating slug with the brains of a turtle. He or she has a voice that could peel paint, and his or her looks present a constant threat to the continued functioning of cameras and clocks. In his or her lineage, females of the canine species predominate. He or she smells like a bus. Of his or her physiognomy, it suffices to say that since it occupies a position on the front of his or her head, it must be a face. If fashion law is ever enforced, he or she faces a life sentence without hope of parole. He or she possesses the intellectual agility of a small soap dish. To sum up, he or she is a boring, selfish, stupid, ugly dolt. He or she is repulsive, revolting, repugnant, vile, base, crass, foul, oafish, and crude. This has been today's curse, presented as a public service by the United Council of Cursors. Thank you for calling, you pathetic, cringing little milksop.
Tom Freebie, the Clusterfuck Nation Zeitcast, only on Radio Zeitgeist. Be sure and hit Jim's Patreon page. I've got one too. Boys got to get paid. April 4th, 2022, a theory of the case. Jim begins, you have been boldly lied to by them with absolute consistency for years now. There was Scott Pelley of CBS's 60-minute show on Sunday night, the primetime slot of the new week, all queued up to run interference for the U.S. State Department and other National Security Administrative State actors in the propaganda war over Ukraine. Let's be brutally frank and get this out of the way. Can you really trust either the U.S. news media or the U.S. government to tell you the truth? Jim asks. Of course you can't. You have been boldly lied to by them with absolute consistency for years now. Common Knowledge, which is Common Sense's twin sister, has it that the CIA owns the Washington Post, the FBI owns the New York Times, and the State Department owns CBS News. All are conduits for official narratives. And since the State Department is most of all responsible for the Russian cleanup operation now underway in Ukraine, you can bet that CBS News is in on the info grift to protect the State Department, its patron. What Jim's talking about here is news the corporate media has become a American Pravda. All right. Jim continues, what Russia had to clean up was the long-building after-effects of now Under Secretary of State Victoria Newland's 2014 engineered maiden coup against the elected government of President Viktor Yanukovych. The issue of that bygone day was a tug-of-war between the U.S. and Russia, with Ukraine as the flag in the middle of the rope. Russia wanted Ukraine in the orbit of its economic customs union, and the U.S. was affecting to pull Ukraine into the Eurozone and NATO, or at least use Ukraine as a forward base for NATO in order to antagonize Russia. Russia has been the all-purpose hobgoblin that every U.S. agency and many political personages turn to when they are caught doing something nefarious. When Hillary Clinton's email trove was purloined through her poorly defended illegal home server, Russia was to blame. That fiasco spawned the multi-year Russiagate operation that bamboozled half the nation and ended up tainting the FBI, the DOJ, the FISA court, and both the House and Senate intel committees. Then along came Hunter Biden's laptop, infamously labeled Russian disinformation, by every retired senior intel spook still drawing a fat pension. The news about the laptop and its lurid contents was strenuously suppressed by every mainstream media company except the New York Post, 
and its coverage was banished from Facebook and Twitter, which so many Americans rely on for news, an obvious and true conspiracy between government, high-tech, and the news media. Tom adds the worst nightmare of both Dwight Eisenhower with his military-industrial congressional complex and Gore Vidal's national security state. All this coincided, you understand, with the horror show official response to COVID-19 coming on the scene at exactly the same time, winter of 2019-2020. By then, half the country had already been groomed into mass formation psychosis over the Russiagate narrative that declared President Donald Trump was a stooge for Vladimir Putin, thus Trump derangement syndrome. There is the possibility that COVID-19 was hauled on stage deliberately to terrorize the American public, confound Mr. Trump, and prevent his re-election in November 2020. Hence, the panicky scramble ever since spring 2020 among Anthony Fauci, Peter Daszak of the shadowy Echo Health Alliance, and other public health officials to ward off the suspicion that COVID-19 was created in the Wuhan lab with American sponsorship and released for the aforesaid purpose of querying the election. Mr. Daszak notoriously put together a paper for the preeminent British medical journal, The Lancet, using a roster of medical luminaries to denounce the lab leak theory. The Lancet eventually had to renounce the paper as fraudulent and take it down off the internet. The Lancet's reputation will be diminished for years to come, merely one manifestation of medicine's more general moral collapse and eventual total collapse, Jim writes. Meanwhile, in the winter of 2020, came impeachment number one of Mr. Trump. Provoked by CIA White House mole Eric Ciaramella and his companions in sedition, Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Veneman of the NSC and Intel Community Inspector General Michael Atkinson. At issue, you recall, was Mr. Trump's phone call with Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky inquiring about rumored grifting operations among the Bidens in that foreign land. Managing Ukraine, you remember, was in Veep Joe Biden's assigned portfolio of duties. The impeachment segued seamlessly into the COVID panic, distracting the public's attention from the issues behind the impeachment, namely, what exactly was the Biden family up to in Ukraine, with crackhead Hunter pulling in millions in walking around money from the Burisma Oil and Gas Company? That turned out to be just the tip of the Griftberg, Jim writes. Ten days before President Trump declared a national emergency over COVID-19 in the ensuing lockdowns on March 3, 2020, the Super Tuesday primary was held. Joe Biden trailed badly by single digits. Somehow, he miraculously trounced the rest of the field. The narrative constructed afterward attributed the miracle to a single endorsement from Congressman Jim Clyburn of South Carolina. Dominion vote-counting machine hijinks anyone? Voila! There is your Democratic Party nominee, the former Veep Joe Biden, not altogether sound of mind, compromised by already revealed foreign influence peddling, a malleable figure fronting for a national security administrative cabal. Special COVID-19 election procedures, mail-in ballots, shoot him straight into the White House. Thanks for your help, Mark Zuckerberg, Jim writes. What you have here is an interesting chain of circumstance. Ukraine, 2014, the astounding flop of Hillary, Russiagate, the mystifying Democratic primary race, the Ukraine-based impeachment, the COVID-19 fiasco, including deadly mRNA vaccines, the election of Joe Biden, and now Ukraine again. The American national security state is in a heap of deep trouble. It's impossible anymore to hide its turpitudes. Even the New York Times and Washington Post have been forced to confess that 
Hunter Biden's laptop is for real, including the thousands of incriminating memoranda and emails on it, along with all the selfie porn and drugging. It's obvious that the president of the U.S. is corrupt and compromised. Doesn't look too good. Additionally, the National Security Administrative State must now try to hide the emerging attempted mass murder of the U.S. population via the side effects of COVID-19 vaccines. But the information can't be hidden anymore and is in fact bursting out from unexpected places, for instance, from the life insurance quarterly actuarial reports which show unprecedented all causes, in quotes, all causes deaths and injuries among people under 60 years old. We know how this happened. On top of the deadly vaccines introduced with falsified trials, the national security state suppressed early treatment medications, is still added in fact, and instead forced protocols with the deadly drug remdesivir. In sum, America's government has capped years of lying and conniving via high-tech in the news media by killing its citizens. Rochelle Walensky and company are still urging the public to vex up and boost. How is that not criminal, Jim asks? So Ukraine is back on stage, and the national security admin state made sure it would be by refusing to rule out Ukraine joining NATO and by arming and subsidizing a large army that has spent eight years shelling and terrorizing the Russian-speaking population of Donbass in eastern Ukraine. Mr. Zelensky apparently was led to believe that NATO would come to his rescue, the poor chump, wherever he really is. CBS News would have you believe that Russia is perpetuating war crimes by bombing hospitals in Ukraine. What they don't tell you is that the hospitals were turned into fortresses by the Nazi-inflected Azov brigades, Jim writes. They also would like you to believe that the Russian operation is a flop. That is not so, though it surely was not a cakewalk. What's left of the Ukraine army, including its Azov brigades, is cut off from communication, out of diesel fuel, out of ammo, out of food, and soon to be shut down altogether. When that happens, Ukraine will not be used to make needless trouble in the world. The sanctions imposed on Russia have successfully destroyed the financial scaffold of the global economy so that an economic collapse of the nation-states in Western Civ is a sure thing. The lingering question, will the hardships to come only reinforce America's mass formation psychosis, or will it compel them to wake up and pay attention to the attempted suicide of our country? Tom Friedley for Radio Zeitgeist.